Hello, I'm Rachel Richards, former BBC correspondent, parenting coach, mother of two teenagers and two older stepdaughters. Hi, I'm Susie Asley, mindfulness instructor, psychotherapist, musician and mother of three teenagers. Two of them are twins. Now, Susie, in the UK, everyone is back to school. Yay! Um, (laughs) But it hasn't been long since they received their GCSEs, right? And in the UK, GCSEs, A-levels, baccalaureate grades, those are the important exams aren't they before you sort of GCSEs then it's A-levels or baccalaureate and then you go on to university it's a great time to be talking about Gail's question which is how to discuss jobs and careers with our teens yes um you know and and just whether the exam results were acceptable all that sort of stuff Mm. anyway we'll cover that in the second half but first we've had more great feedback yeah which is really lovely I've got one here so it's from Tareen, um, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, in Cape Town, who says the episode on pornography was excellent. She spoke to her daughters about it, who said that their boyfriends watch every day and are very open about it with each other. Apparently, some of the boys with girlfriends have already said that they don't find the girlfriends that attractive after a few months. Could pornography be the cause? Ah, mm. it's a really yeah, good point. Really and tricky. I mean, I don't think we can answer that accurately, no. but we do need to be thinking about these things, yes. uh, which is why we did cover it. Yeah. Eve told us that one of her great fears is that her two teenagers will be sent images on their phones that they shouldn't have to see. She said, listening to you both with your words of wisdom, both from research and experience was greatly reassuring and gave me the tools to chat to my two. She's thinking of telling them uh, to listen to the podcast without her. But there are just a few things that she'd rather they didn't hear. So I just actually, Susie, I was wondering whether, you know, perhaps our listeners can tell us whether yeah. it would be worth re-editing that to take out the more extreme bits yes. so that people could then download it to let their to teenagers let their teen listen. Because that's yeah. the feedback we're getting, that actually people would quite like their teenagers just to step yeah. away and just say, here, listen to this. We've been asked, actually, actually, I was out in my local town with my daughter and um, somebody recognised me, which was <laughs> wow. mortifying for my daughter. <laughs> it was so funny. She went, oh, I listened to your podcast. Global superstar. And my, and my daughter just went, oh my God. Um, but she said, I'm not her daughter. I'm not her daughter. <laughs> so funny. She asked my daughter if um, if she if if she listened to the podcast and Emily went, no. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a discussion about it and um yeah, she was she was really curious and, and was wanting her daughter to listen to it, actually. So, yeah, definite food for thought. Other, what others think of it, that'd be interesting to hear. Yeah, I'd love to hear. If there are any that you think, oh, I'd like my kids to listen to this, but perhaps there are things in it that we wouldn't want them to hear. Yes, yeah. Because that's a whole load of other editing. Yeah. But I'm prepared to do it if it's yeah. if people feel like it might be useful. In particular so topics, something perhaps. something to think about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, Louise has asked us to talk about one of the things that can put a huge strain on the relationship, coping with a different parenting style from your own, and the children not knowing where their boundaries are as a result. Mm. So, Susie, you have a new partner, (laughs) which is really interesting. And big question is, you've got another adult around. How easy has it become in terms of parenting? Um, Well, to say we don't live together, Mm. so... We are, we see each other, you know, regularly, but mm-hmm. we, we're not living together. Um, but your children have met him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots and lots of times. Um, we've been on holiday together this summer. Um, I think the biggest difference, because we're not parenting, we, we have teenagers, they're not little. It would be different if they were little. Um, we're not parenting each other's kids by any stretch of the imagination. I would call it more of a, a support, which mm. is really, really valuable. 
Um, so for I, you, support for yeah, you as a parent. As yeah. a parent, so I have a I have a person, a space I can I can talk to him about anything that I'm you know, anything about the, the teenagers. And of course, because really, he's a parent really as well, yeah. he can relate. Yes, absolutely. Mm. And his kids are the same age as mine, just by wow. coincidence. So that's really helpful. Um, but it's probably more more the support side, which is really valuable. And it then it shows me the contrast of I've been doing this on my own for years. And it's it's very different. Mm. Um, I think my kids really value him, having him around. Um, they've all said that in various ways. And and he'll talk to them and, and feel feel the support of that he doesn't have responsibility for them so it's different yes, it's, uh, different. it's different really and it's a really interesting one because I suppose having somebody there who you can just unpack some of the questions with is really really important yeah. and you underestimate yeah. it when we're in a happy healthy relationship yes. but I imagine if you're in a relationship where you have somebody who really doesn't see things the mm. same way as you it can feel worse than not having yes. someone with you yes it can feel like a constant constant friction I think and, mm. uh, and a, quite a burden yes now I'm going to do a little of a preamble because I've been thinking about this topic for quite a while and I suppose the first thing I'd want to start with was when I was a teenager I remember clearly saying to my mother what would you say if I announced that I wanted to marry somebody of a different skin color to us I mean bear in mind this is 40 years ago my mother said yeah I don't really care um, she said, what I'm much more interested in is what's his culture and would it be similar to ours? And I thought, whoa, that's really profound and quite um, thought-provoking. So I didn't say anything more about it, but my goodness, it stuck with me. So remember this as a parent, you can drop little tablets into the water and they fizz and you may not see anything happening, but they can really stay with your your teens. So I then kept thinking, so what's, what is that? What is that culture? And I think culture is one of those things that we don't really know until we come up against another mm, culture. Absolutely. It's the fabric that we live in. Yeah, and, and culture can be many, many things. Mm. We have like national culture, we have local culture, but we have a family culture. Like we have a, um, a there's a sibling culture. The word culture is amazing. I studied um, social anthropology, so oh, that's really topical. That? <laughs> so get me up on that. <laughs> Okay. It's fascinating. <laughs> well, it's, it is a really interesting thing, but I read the book Thinking Fast and Slow, and it's all about how our brains work to actually consider things that we find new and difficult. We have to switch into a different track, which is a slow thinking track. Mm, yeah. But most of our life is spent in the fast thinking track. Yes. So you're driving a car. You don't think about driving a car. Yeah. Once you've actually learned how to do it, you, you're sort of load shedding. You're an autopilot autopilot exactly whatever you want to refer to it as and in many ways we parent in that way mm. we don't really think too much about some of the things we're doing because you can't I mean no. we're too busy there are too many other things happening you know I'm not going to keep thinking oh how, how does this work and what no. you sort of just fall back on what yeah. you found comfortable or what you learnt. yeah we're, we're not conscious about it yeah our culture to come back to the word of culture yeah you're absolutely right we only realize our culture when we're we're met confronted with something, with something, something that's different <laughs> yes. yeah or something that's new or it could be positive it could be negative but yes it is a contrast and I I then thought about my friend who married a catholic and she converted to catholicism mm. and in order to go through the the wedding she had to go through a program with him mm. of a weekly meeting with the priest to talk about a topic so mm. one of them would be 
sex. One mm. would be money. One would be, you know, your religious values, your family, your children, mm. you name it. And I thought, wow, that's uh, that's an interesting mm. one. But actually, she said it was the most valuable thing. Yeah, I bet. Because these are things we sort of think we know about our yes. partner. Yeah. But we don't, unless you, you're given a checklist, yeah. do you really go through all of that? Yeah, no. Before no. you have children. Because we're so in love, everything will be fine. I know. <laughs> and we just, you know, you've got this massive rug that you just sweep everything under when yeah. it doesn't seem quite right yeah, just yet. And we'll deal with that later. And actually, it's not such a big thing. And yeah. I can tolerate it, doesn't yeah. matter. And we're massive creatures of comfort. So we stay with what we know, even when we're aware that it's not very good for us. We'll, we'll keep doing ah, what we know. Good point. Yes. Um, I'm guilty of that myself. Yeah. So the main disagreements tend to be about rules. Yeah. Um, whether you're, t- you know, like, are we going to be harsh? Are we going to be more relaxed about it? Um, we covered making rules in episode 14 and talked about unpacking the way you were parented as well, because mm. that's another thing that we, that's really important here. We, yeah. we did that right in the very yes. first episode. So if you haven't listened to that, it might be worth just going back and having a yeah. quick, it's quite a short one, yeah. because it's just, you know, reflecting on the way that you were brought up and yeah. how that might be impacting on the way that you're dealing with your current situation. And the truth of it is that we, we mostly parent reactively. Yes. So the Holy Grail, apparently, according to Alan Rabbits, who's um, an adolescent psychiatrist and has been practicing with families over 30 years, the Holy Grail is providing a united front as parents, Yeah, which isn't really (laughs) always that easy. And the key things are things like, you know, as we said, it's discipline. The difficulty is when somebody starts hogging one side of the parenting so it's the good cop bad cop yeah. so one person is the the discipline person and the other person's the fun person yeah so this is a very very common setup in a household yeah. and it does cause friction whether people are being honest about the friction or not yeah. the bad cop probably doesn't want to be the bad cop all the time and the good cop's probably quite enjoying being a good cop but might be looking at the bad cop yeah. thinking you know, so, yes yeah. and so for example one woman said um my husband is very harsh about schoolwork, discipline, and and he thinks that I'm too lax and he gets really annoyed with me because he thinks that I'm too soft and kind. And he said, she said, the thing is, I don't disagree with some of the things he thinks, but he's left me no room yes. because he's the person that's doing so much of it. I feel there needs to be some balance. Yeah, and that's the key to all of it, isn't it? It's, it's the communication because I actually, I think kids are really able to to differentiate maybe not so much when they're little and it's really important that it's united but by the time they get to be teenagers they you know they're recognizing that we are human beings people Mm. and we have our own opinions about stuff and and I think they can navigate quite well when parents give different rules especially if maybe they don't live in the same house but even if they live in the same house you know there are different rules or mum does that dad does that I think they can they they're really quite good at navigating that but it depends how it's done and what it's done about, I guess. But if it's done in a, in a you know, really undramatic, calm way, this, this I just have a different opinion and this is how I roll and that's how dad rolls and, you know, that's fine with me, then it's okay. But if there's disagreement and friction on it, then I think that's really difficult for the teens because that's a whole different ballgame. I love that. It's about respect, isn't yeah. it? It's about, okay, it's, okay, we don't agree. Yeah. And actually there's one um, of the, the, the psychologists, Laura Marshak, who said, actually, it's a good thing in some way yeah. to be a little bit inconsistent because yeah. life is like that. Yeah. So if you can show to your teens that, you know, there isn't an obvious only yeah. way, one way of doing this, 
and that we can have discussions about it when it falls apart yeah. is when it's disrespectful yeah and if they can you know they can witness you having a discussion with each other going oh you know I don't agree with you on that why do you think that and let's have a look at it and let's be flexible and maybe negotiate what an amazing learning platform for mm. a teenager to watch and see how do you do that but if it's done in a sort of a passive aggressive you're wrong and i'm right <laughs> he's a and dick <laughs> yeah exactly then all the team will probably think is oh there's some nice leverage there i'm mm. just going to ask when dad's gone out of the room or when mum has got the room. <laughs> you know and that's you know maybe not the best way no exactly and they are very good at spotting these things so in the big the big stress points tend to be so we, as we said it's rule making yeah. and the problem with it is that if you set a rule and your partner chooses a different rule or a non-rule, then obviously they're going to go to the non-rule. They're going to find the easiest thing yeah. for them. And a lack of consistency in that way is it leads to teens then constantly pushing the boundaries. Mm. Because if you say, here's my rule and here's how it has to work, and then they find a way around it either by um, so they've done something wrong. You've said, right, the, the thing that you're going to have to do now, here's your, it's not punishment, but here's mm. the consequence. Um, and then, you know, and you say it's a week of not using the PlayStation. Mm. And three days in, they've been so fantastic. You say, oh, actually, you know, it's fine. Just yeah. have the PlayStation. Well, now you've, what you've done is you've negotiated what the deal is. Or if your partner then says, actually, it's not, you know, I don't mm. think it was that bad. Yeah. You, you use it. What you've actually done is you've told them that there are rules but they're completely up for grabs. Yeah. So you just have to, you know, manipulate as much as you like. You know, they'll yeah. see how you do it and then they'll work their way around yeah. it. And again, you could say, well, I'm teaching them good skills for life. <laughs> um, you're also teaching them how to make your life hell. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it doesn't really make for, you know, an easy household, particularly when other people in the household, yeah. other children, siblings are seeing this because they're all watching. Yeah. Every single, yeah. oh, you may not think goodness. they are, but they are they watching. Are and if they so see watching. one child getting away yeah, with something yeah, yeah. they're totally yeah. su they're mopping that up and it's all going to come back I do yeah I, I totally agree and I really think this topic as in most of the topics we cover it but this one particularly maybe it really falls back to how we are as parents it's not really about the kids this nah, one at no. all they they na navigate as they do and you know sometimes they're opportunistic and and do whatever they need to do but it's really about our communication skills mm. with our with our partners um whether we live together or not how do we manage that and that is critical um and we have to again try and be really adult and yes and be really cool about it yes and how we can have disagreements we don't have to agree on everything goodness no no, not, we won't. You won't. No. I mean, I don't agree with my husband no. on quite a few things and he knows. Yeah. Um, but the, then the real stress points tend to be things like diagnoses of yeah. problems, like any kind of psychiatric diagnoses, learning disability, drug treatment. You know, yeah. when those decisions need to be made, it can be very, very difficult yeah. because one may say, I don't think our teenager needs drugs. Mm. The other may say, yes, but I've spoken to this specialist who thinks they should. Yes. And the only way you can test that who's right yeah. is by doing maybe six months with one way of doing things and six months with yeah. the other, you know, you, you literally, one of you is going to have to say, okay, well, I don't think that that's the yeah. way to do it, but let's try one way. Yeah. 
And on the basis that if it's not working, then we do the other thing. Yes. You, you know, you kind of have to come in from an yeah. agreement. But the and question comes is... back to then are your own communication skills, doesn't it, with your partner? Absolutely. So so coming back to the down to the crux of it, how do we do this? Because mm. we've talked a lot about <laughs> how do we do this? Now, um, Amy McCready is the founder of Positive Parenting Solutions. And I've put a link to her website on the podcast notes because she's got a fantastic piece about this and actually she's using a similar technique to the one we used in parent gym when I was coaching and I tell you now it was Mm life-changing it was really really helpful for my relationship so we say you know we talk about parenting and how it will help the children whatever it actually helps you talk better with your partner which helps the children which helps the children (laughs) yes so number one find common ground any common ground so you think you're thinking well we don't agree on this all right well let's find something that we both agree on yeah um, you know, and, and be, be honest about the good things that they do. Like the fact that they're encouraging, they play with the kids, whatever they do say, I love that you do this. Yeah. It's, it's, that's a bit of a shit sandwich thing, but it is, it's yeah. kind of, okay, let's start off with the positives yeah. about the person. But that actually does make a difference. It really does make a difference. If people, are notice, if people are noticed, if people are noticed, if people are, I mean, honestly, even now, if somebody says something positive yeah. to me, I'm still like, oh, actually, Thank you much. Yeah. and then the, the, then the hell comes afterwards. But you know, it's, it's as long it's as it's good. as long as it's sincere, yes. yeah, it's, it's meaningful yeah. and it really makes a difference. So, start with that. Then explore the underlying reasons why you disagree, and what you need to do is you need to say, okay my parenting decisions. So I don't agree with the bedtime that you've chosen. I think the kids should be up later. I think they should be allowed to do what they want. This is ridiculous. Okay. So then sit down and say, right. So how was it at your home when you were a teenager? You know, were your parents really strict about it? Or were you allowed to just Mm. run right? How did that work? Okay. It was different for me. Mm. And, you know, try and pick apart where does this come from? This concept that you think they should stay up all night mm-hmm. and the other person saying, you know, they really need to be in bed by this time. Yeah, and try and maybe try and get out of black and white thinking that mm. we're really good at, you know, right and wrong, you're wrong, yes. I'm right, because um, that's really unhelpful. Yes, yeah, so, so it, rather than just Trans- start the sentence curiosity. with, that's really interesting. Mm. So where did that, you know, where's your thinking mm. come from? Just start picking away at yeah. it. Oh, and what else? And what else? Yeah. You know, how does that make you feel when I say, I think it should be this yeah. way? And yeah. and why? Yeah, it's more respectful. And then there's more opportunities to have a, a discussion and find a solution that works for everybody or trial, you know, try stuff out. Absolutely. So our first episode went into this a bit, you know, what parts of your childhood influence how you feel about your partner's parenting techniques, yeah. all those things. And start small. Yeah. Don't think you're going to fix it. If you've got, if you, you've got, um, you're at loggerheads with your partner yeah. because it happens and it might've been going on for a very long time. In fact, if you've got teenagers, it probably has. Yeah. So don't expect it to be fixed overnight, but agree to do this and then to start small and say, okay, so what are the non-negotiables in the way that we feel about our children? So there may be things like health and safety rules. Mm you know, wearing bike helmets, for example, driving, driving, having drunk alcohol, you know, just things, things where you can say, okay, it's a definite non-negotiable. And then areas of family value. When does the homework get done? Mm. Um, How does respect, how is respect shown in the home? Just find Mm. something that you can both say, actually, I really think that's we're happy with that. We both agree. Yeah, and picking your battles, like not everything is worth dying over, is nope. it? <laughs> nope, exactly. In fact, most things aren't worth most, dying over. Most things aren't. So, And actually, if you think, 
if they feel strongly about something and you're quite, oh, I don't know, you can trade. Yeah. You can say, actually, I'll give you, I'm you know, that that's okay. I'm not that bothered, by, but yeah. this thing really matters yeah. to me. And here's why I've yeah. thought about it. And here's why. Yeah. And I think it's the expression of why that's the most yeah. important thing. Because when I explain to my husband why I think something, yeah. he often goes, oh, okay, I can see that. Yeah. It's fine. And when you discuss stuff is super important. Like don't discuss when you've just fallen out. <laughs> And by the way, your parenting sucks. Yeah, or you've just had an argument with the teen and, and you've, you know, you've realised yes. that there's, there's a conflict <gasps> of information going on in the home and you've just realised that this and that's maybe really annoying. Then you just wait, sit with it. and don't Yeah, I love that point because that's really the time when it would flare up, yeah, where, you, yeah. where the teen's been a complete nightmare yeah. and then you, you, you've had a screaming match with the yeah. teen and then you turn to the partner and, and you think it's all your fault because you let them yeah no that's not the t- that's not yeah. the time very good point and also what's going on in your relationship in general because I know for myself if I'm you know just in our home like the four of us like the, the the me and the kids like if I'm everything's really cool and ha- everyone's happy then we you know the things that we disagree on they don't really seem very important but if there's other stuff going on or there's you know it could be work it could be a million different things then the little nitty-gritty things suddenly are really big yes Um, we talked about this earlier because you have had a tree come down and you were saying i haven't been coping well but we were talking about how it's the micro stresses throughout a day that can add up to you not coping with something that actually it shouldn't be that big a deal but it's because of all the little things during the day you've had to deal yeah. with that were really... Yeah. Yeah. And that's where awareness kicks in that we've mm. talked about so many times. Because I, like you said, I had some stuff this morning. They were all quite minor things, quite annoying things, but minor things. And, and I was just, I was about to sit down and and reground myself because I know how to do that. You know, how do I get back to feeling good again and, and feeling in balance? Um, and then I looked out the window and lightning had struck a very large willow tree in our garden and, and, Why me? <laughs> and has completely killed it. Yeah. So I didn't get that opportunity, but th- that's, um, so that became an addition rather than mm. as an opportunity to sit and reground. Mm. But it's really important that we know how to, what, where is our balance point as parents, as adults, where, how can we get back to feeling regulated? Mm. Where's our regulation point? Um, and try to have those discussions when you're feeling when regulated. You're regulated. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the points is actually pick a time, a regular time. If you've been having friction, say, you know what, we're going to do these things. And then why don't we try and do yeah. a kind of weekly, yeah. bi-weekly yeah. sit down and chat yeah. and say, hey, where are we now? Yeah. How are we feeling about yeah. this? Is it working? And maybe use a timer if you're talking <laughs> to a boy, <laughs> like I do. <laughs> yeah. And then thinking long term. So the, 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 so the step four in this whole program is just actually... You've, you've talked about um, starting small. We've talked about picking things, exploring reasons why you've got problems with each other anyway. But think long term about what you're trying to achieve because you have a teenager here. What attributes do you hope your children will possess when mm. they can become adults? So then we're not talking about nitty gritty. Yeah, I like that. That's really good. We're not, we're not saying, oh, I think they should do this. They should mm. do that. Actually, so if we want them to be this, we've, if we want to be them to be responsible mm. adults – how important is it for them to be getting that early night's sleep? Or if we want them to be compassionate people, how, you know, so just look for some key words that you both agree on and then say, okay, so how do these various things we have in place 
feed into making that happen yeah I think often the conflict is is can be not always but some of the conflicts can be you know how much freedom should our teenagers Mm. have you know how much are you letting go how much are you holding on and that can be really difficult because that ties in with our own all of our own stuff absolutely our own fears our own worries our own thoughts and if you break down okay so I'm going to give them more freedom what what am I trying to get from Mm, that what are they trying to what am I trying to give them and if you can because then that helps you to express better what the issues are yes yeah and as you say like a long-term picture so if you're letting them choose when they go to bed for example which I think most teenagers would be doing you know um they might be tired tomorrow that's a short-term thing whereas in the long term maybe you're teaching them to manage their time or maybe that particular child can't you know whatever the particular situation is yeah the short and the long term can mm-hmm. be different mm-hmm. and don't disagree in front of your teenager yeah if you can help it so and coming back to what we said earlier yes you can sit there and say oh that's interesting yeah. that you see it that way I see it slightly yeah. differently and you can have a respectful conversation yes. in front of them yes. because this is a good way of unpacking how you come to some resolution and yeah, you know absolutely. if you can do that if you can't do that yes. don't yeah so you need a, a non-verbal signal that says time out yeah so that you just park that issue talk about it at some other point yeah, come back really to it important. later and you need to have agreed that yeah. so once someone shows that signal it's you stop. know right we're just going to stop there <laughs> yeah? that's really important because you can have a respectful way can't you see so oh i hear what you're saying and i completely disagree with you and that can mm. be super respectful yes um, but if it isn't then yeah no don't yes yes and, and and then really really don't don't shy away from conflict in the sense that i was listening to a podcast recently where they were talking about how gen Z really struggles with uh conflict and um that that there's more of a tendency to just well i'm not getting paid enough i'll just hand in my notice rather than going in and saying right so i've got this 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 experience how do i get to the point where you will give me a raise Mm, right really interesting and it's really really important that we're teaching our kids that they can have these conversations they can be difficult but not to think that it's the end of the world when you have to have one of those conversations my eldest has got a bit smart on that he'll i've noticed recently he'll i'll ask him to do something um maybe a year ago he'd have kicked off about and now he just goes oh yeah of course no problem and then doesn't do it <laughs> and you think oh i love him he's, he's grown so up, he's grown up. <laughs> and like, oh right still doesn't know. he's very smart so avoiding the good cop bad cop mm-hmm. you know avoiding saying so um you know i'm you when your dad gets home He's going to be furious that you do. You know, <laughs> come on, let's not do that. That's really yeah. old-fashioned parenting. But it's also, it's not fair. No. It's not fair getting one person to do those tricky things. No. Um, no. Again, because let's not pigeon... We Nobody wants to be pigeonholed. No, no. And if you're the only parent, then you have to do both, which really sucks. <laughs> I know, I can imagine. I, I mean, I, I I've be never been in cop. that. No. <laughs> no, but that's what, that's what being a grandparent is. Okay. I keep saying to my kids... <laughs> You know, it sucks being a parent because I've got to take all of this stuff seriously. But you wait, you know, when you've got children, you're going to hate me (laughs) because I am going to spoil them so much. Oh, we've had those conversations too. I can't wait. (laughs) Exactly. That's got to be the fun about it. Um, And then, you know, committing to the, the, the consistent communication, right, we're going to have a, you know, let's have a time when we check in, regular time when we check in. And if none of this is working... And it's still a real, like one of the, your partner's not prepared to sit down and go through mm-hmm. this process, um, finds they're really struggling with communicating about how they're feeling about what's happened. Maybe they had a childhood that they don't, they're finding very hard to, to, 
talk about, yeah. um, that's the time to go and seek some support. Yeah. Because the truth is, when we do seek support, it's not a sign of failure. It's a sign that if you can get someone to get you together and, and give you, hold your hand while you yeah. walk through this process, some people need it. Yeah, and sadly, we still see that kind of help, whether it's therapy or just, just some sort of, I don't know, help, uh, like a meeting with somebody who's an expert in it, family help. Um, we still sometimes see that as, you know, a bit taboo and a bit of a, oh, that must mean that I've really messed up. And it's not, it's, it's, it should be available to everybody because mm. there are people who, you know, have help. Yes. And, and accepting that if you've got one culture in your background and you've got another culture in mm. your background, sometimes it's very, very hard yeah. to see beyond, yeah. you know, what's coming out yeah. emotionally and you just need someone to get you over that fence. And a professional is, is an expert in communication and can just help both sides have, have what they need to say on the table and then it's really normally quite easy to resolve but if you don't have it on the table you can't resolve it's impossible to resolve so um i hope that helps uh we all disagree with our partners at some point um it's human to view things differently it's all about finding a way to communicate so that you aren't undermining Mm. each other that's the that's with with all of this it's all about just what am i how am i saying this in a way that's supporting the process of trying to find a resolution yeah and it's really tempting i think especially if you are not together if you living in separate homes and there's a reason why you're not in in the same home i'm sure there's a reason it can be really tempting if you disagree on some fundamentals to to for that to be a really big you know point of resentment and and that's really unhelpful for the kids and it's probably it's probably going to mean that there's two homes there's two cultures are very different and there are different rules and maybe that's just how it is but if you can keep the respect that's that's really cool and so these points that i went through to what extent do you think when you have got two homes that probably will be run in different ways that can help yeah I mean I say to my kids if they've said oh you know why do we have to do that there and or dad lets us do that or you know whatever it is it can go both ways um and we don't have a conversation about these things sadly I, I wish we did but we don't and I'm sure a lot of people are in that boat um I, I always say I don't know the reason I don't know why um, but I'm sure I'm sure there's a good reason for it um, I don't know what it is um, but trying to keep this sort of underlying it's that's also okay and I don't agree with it um, I think they, they man seem to manage both there are I mean I, I try and see the silver linings in these things <laughs> because that's helpful um you know it does teach them if we go back to culture it does teach them that there are different ways of living Mm. um and as long as it can be done in a way that isn't super confusing Mm. um i think it's actually can be can be a gift because otherwise we just go through our childhood and and our early early adulthood thinking there's only one way to live and then panicking when not everyone does what we do yeah Um, such a good point such a good point Um, If you found our podcast useful, do us a favour, click subscribe or even review us and tell your friends. Our website now has everything in one place, so feel free to rummage around there and message us with any of your questions or tips for topics to cover. You can also reach us via our Facebook group or Instagram. We read everything. Now, Susie, you've had one son go through the exam process during COVID and Mm -hmm. he was marked by his school teachers, I think, on the basis of what they thought he could attain if he were to have sat exams. He did do exams uh, in his particular school, but they were internal. Okay, okay. 
subjects were smaller than normal. I think the syllabuses were cut. But okay. he did do he did sit exams, but they were marked by teachers. Yes. So I think I mentioned that just because we sort of have kind of forgotten COVID, but it yeah. actually is still really yeah. having an impact on our, our teachers. Yeah. And he's in his second year of A-levels. Now, A-levels are the ones you do before you go to university. Yeah. And so obviously it's an important year for mm-hmm. university applications and for deciding what he wants to do with the rest of his yeah. life. How is that going? How has that well. felt? <laughs> That's quite topical in our mm. home at the moment. And because um, he's in this, and he wouldn't mind me saying this, I've asked him. Um, his first year, he went to a sixth form college. He's at a sixth form college. And he did really well in his GCSEs um, on very little work, um, which was very fortunate for him. <laughs> <laughs> but he's done the classic. And we even we, we spoke about it. You know, you found that easy. Make sure you don't just do nothing for your sixth one because it's going to be harder. And um, he, for different reasons, he didn't hasn't done as well as, as, as he hoped he would. So he's now got what we would call predicted grades, which is what he can use to apply to university. And they're not as high as he, he would have liked. And his college has been... Um, which we say not very flexible so that but that's a whole different story Mm. so I'm really sitting in that at the moment um I say I because I think I'm probably more annoyed about it than he is and it's really made me think about the whole system the whole way we look at this time of our teenagers lives and um and I have to and I'm really practicing with it actually which even today um the idea of what is my stuff when I get triggered in this? What's my fear of what's gonna, what's he gonna do? What's he gonna, you know, who's he gonna be when he's finished school? And what's his? And I think your fear is the most important thing here, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's so important that we look at that because, um, because so much of it is such nonsense. And, and going back to, you know, the, our culture, what's, what do we think is important? Um, because he's, his choices now are limited and, um, and I have totally come to the, you know, the understanding that he's going to be absolutely fine, absolutely fine. And maybe he'll go a different route. I've no idea what will happen, but, um, I think what triggers us and triggers us as human beings is we don't like uncertainty and we don't we don't like not knowing love that especially with our own kids Mm. and we have this idea that if we can if we can just just make sure that they're you know go off on the right path and and a success whatever on earth we mean by that um then we can breathe again and it'd be all right it'd be okay so Mm. if they say oh i want to be i don't know I don't know, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, a doctor, or I know how to get them to be a doctor. We, we, we can follow that path and, and then it'll be all right. But for, you know, well, that's nonsense. You know, we, wouldn't it be better to learn to live with uncertainty and live, yes. le- live with the discomfort of uncertainty? Because we don't, nobody knows at the age of 17 what they want to do. Well, very few do. And that's okay. That's okay. Yes. And I think that, that it's a very important point that you're making about the fear and I think it's both fear and pride parents Mm, wanting to be able to show that they've done this amazing job with their kids you talked about this when we were talking about education and how you know if you are patting yourself on the back that your child has been getting x grades um what happens when they don't or what happens when they get to you know post-grad and they decide that they can't cope anymore and they've you know and then what does that make you yeah just just, if they veer off this really stupidly narrow path that we've created of, of being a good teenager student kid whatever you want mm. to call it then uh, if they veer off that then then we we go oh we must have parented them badly and we take it as a as a badge it's, it's mm. crazy 
Now, it was Gail who asked us to talk about this. And so, you know, I looked at the research and according to a report published by Dell Technologies and authored by the Institute for the Future and a panel of 20 tech companies uh, and academic experts from around the world, 85% of the jobs that will exist in 2030 haven't been invented yet. Now, that's amazing. (laughs) I mean, I'm not sure how they came up with that number, uh, but it's that's mind boggling. And but it's not it's not completely inaccurate. I mean, Mm -hmm. so I read a fascinating book called Thank You for Being Late, which was so, um, you know, a real think piece about this generation and this this world we're living in. And he talks a lot about the age of acceleration and how things just keep getting faster. The, the, The turnaround time for you know getting a smaller tv mm. that has does that does more is is it speed it's sped up and it keeps speeding up and these things things are changing really really rapidly yes. Yes. and our education system is creaking Archaic. it doesn't can't, yes it's just <laughs> but you, you know we don't really know how to make it better so we just yeah. keep going with what we're yeah. doing and the the truth is we have a you know the liberal arts education is sort of there to help our kids figure them figure out what they're good at and what they can do well and I keep saying to my kids what you really need to learn is how to work hard Mm. and you know whatever it is you're working hard at is is slightly less less material than the fact that you're prepared to really apply yourself and get through problems because it's problem solving resilience it's resilience it's problem solving how do I go from and you know again looking at things that have happened in the past may not be that instructive but just take my husband who Mm. got into Oxford to read maths but then panicked and Mm. said oh I don't I think I'll hit a wall so read law because he thought I'd like to be a barrister Mm. And then realized that he hates the law, it's boring and doesn't want to be a barrister. And then, you know, came out of university and did something completely different. And the point being that we can get a training that looks superficially very, you know, so he could have been going down that track to be a barrister. But at any point in your education or in your life, you may realize because you started to really think mm. about who you are, yeah. you've met new people, you've had more experience, you think, oh, actually, no, this is who I am. Yeah. I'm trying to take away the bullshit stress, which I would define as um, the unnecessary stress, the stress that just makes, you know, makes them fearful and worried that they're not going to be good enough, that they're going to fail which is never helpful for anybody. Um, but on the other hand, I was trying to explain, don't just do nothing because if you just stay in your comfort zone and, and not work and go, well, I'm not going to stress, um, that's dull. And, mm. and, you know, everything interesting is on the other side of our comfort zone. Yes, yeah. <laughs> But it's getting that balance because we don't want to say, right, you have to work really hard, whatever the price, and, you know, encourage them to be burnt out and when they're 25. Um, find what find what makes you tick. What, what do you like doing? And, and don't worry if you're not, don't worry if you're not super good in school because that only judges a really narrow way of thinking. No, and my friend has set up a business and she said, look at me. I mean, you don't need a degree to do this no, at all. No, <laughs> so, only logical science, you know, no, exactly. thinking is valued. All the other things aren't really valued. So. And, and uh, uh, you know, when you look at my bonus daughter, she um, 
did GCSEs. She was a bit lackluster about studying. Yeah. And then she had met a friend who who became a really great friend who was Russian and then decided yeah. to take a Russian A-level. She was lucky enough to be yeah. in a school where she learnt it, then ended up doing a Russian degree. But the whole time we kept saying, so what, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. Because we were pe- seeing people coming out of the course who just weren't getting jobs. Yeah. And she followed her networks. She talked to lots of people, found a job that really isn't advertised and something that really made her heart sing. Mm. And now she's flying. Amazing. I mean, really flying. Amazing. And that's because she just followed her passions. Now, yeah. obviously, not everything is going to work out easily. But when do you judge somebody? Mm. You know, what is it, is it when they're 20? Or is it when they're 30? <laughs> when are you successful? You know, the, the point is, yeah. we, we evolve yeah. as we go on through life. So and if we can feel that we're in alignment with who we are, and maybe ask different questions, like, you know, what's what kind of person are you do, do you like being with people do you like being with animals are you a nurturer do you like teaching are you a thinker do you like new ideas it's kind of encouraging them to think about themselves in that way rather than are you good at physics are you yes. good at yes. are you good at math so it's okay they're really interested in yeah. that but we need to be prepared to teach our kids to face uncertainty yeah. and be able to cope with it because as we know with lockdown and yeah. covid and yeah. life can be very uncertain and that's, it's mainly, I would think, and I'm not talking from any research, as <laughs> our own uncertainty, which we feed to the kids. Mm. Like, I'm not sure that the kids are really worrying about that until we tell them. Until we tell them. Yes, yeah. exactly. And then they, they might be doing really well. And then you start yeah. saying, well, what career are you going yeah. to have? And both my kids at certain points have said, so, well, I, I just don't know what I'm going to do. So no. what's the point? I need to know. No. And I keep trying to say to them, just, you know, can matter. we not worry about that no, right now? Just focus matter. on what interests you in the classroom. Yeah, absolutely. So how do we talk to our teens about their careers? So coming on to Gail's question, how do we talk to to them? So the real conversations about this really need to start before the the crunch point. So when it's all getting a bit fraught and they're trying to choose, it's harder because it's more stressful. So we need to get into a habit of having just flexible conversations about, you know, so... What, I, they used to do this in geography. What are, are they still doing that mm. now? Just talking about the classes, what subjects they're studying, and then just seeing when their face lights up. Are mm. they are they just going, mm, or are they going? Oh yeah, it's this and this. Yeah. And then you think, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. And th- those those things will tell you what type of teenager you have. So once you see that they're animated about something you can then say, oh, and you can start following that Mm. to just get them to open up a bit more. So you could do it in a relaxed way. Are your, is your teenager a process driven person or do they like big picture strategic things? You know, these are things that we, you can think about. And I was talking to my husband about this last night and saying, you know, if you, one test is you can just give a phone to a teenager (laughs) and say, so what would you do with this? And I mean, the majority will probably, go you know, TikTok. Not, yeah, they're probably, <laughs> one, yeah, okay, they might go on TikTok, you know, they might make a phone call. Yeah. They might, um, people don't call start, people anymore. they don't call them anymore, <laughs> but you know, it would be nice if they did, but yeah. some people are t- communicators. Yeah. Um, you know, it, uh, they might take the phone apart. Yes. You know, people, when you look at something, there's not one way of looking at no, it. So really a lot of people, or they might want to design a game on it, or they mm. might want to game on it. Or, yeah. you know, you may assume what you would do with or that look phone. look at something beautiful and creative. Yes, or, yeah. uh, exactly. They might, yeah, they might start designing or, things. Yeah. So you may know what you would do with that, mm. but that's not necessarily what another person would mm. want to do. So what are we dealing with here? 
are they a very sort of close technical person? Do they like the nitty gritty mm-hmm. of things? You know, I looked, I looked at the other day when I was watching Big, Big Vape that I keep talking about. Uh, <laughs> and there's a lady there who basically was, um, she's in a lab and she's researching mm. what's happening. And, and, and this happens with drug labs and things. And they spend all day researching mm. this. And I just think, God, can you imagine being mm. in a lab all day long? Just, or, you know, and I couldn't, I could just couldn't do that. No, but there for were her, people. It's really exciting, probably. Exciting, or maybe just something that they, you know, they enjoy the process. Mm, yes. And, you know, that would just be torture for me. Yeah. So yeah. some people are really communication driven. Some, and, and you may not find that straight away. So my bonus daughter's friend, I think he studied physics as a degree, very smart boy, yeah. came out and said, mm, I think I like advertising, did a postgrad in advertising, and now he is working just all the hours he can because mm. everybody he's so so good at what he does the people in the agency are always asking for yeah. him and our kids are going to have i think they're, they're going to have um different careers they're not just going to have different jobs they're going to have different careers yeah. it's going to be totally different so yes. this idea that they need to find out what they want to do is is actually utterly crazy yes so teaching them how to problem solve how to be deal with with flexibility yes. how to co- make communications with people yeah. because very often when you talk to someone you think oh that's a job yeah and it yes. might be a job that you're interested in yeah. take their phone i keep saying to my kids if you meet someone they're interesting get the phone number yeah who knows you're you very know, good at connecting that's brilliant uh, but i love that i think yeah. you know and we can we can now with the social media that we've got we can go on instagram mm. i talk to people who are garden designers yeah. i've never talked to a garden yeah, designer yeah, in my brilliant. life and we now can connect yeah. in in ways that was impossible before so yeah. our teenagers have the opportunity to peer over the fence into different careers yeah. far more yes, readily than they used really to useful. and we can feed back to our kids you know what we notice but without you know without pigeonholing i think that has to be done really carefully because you know if you're if mum says i'm like this then suddenly that becomes a label and we don't want to do that but um just really gently sort of i i had a conversation with my daughter as one of those you know lying in bed late at night nice. chatting with the light off and um she said, oh, I don't know what I, what I want to do or what I like. And we talked about it a bit. And I said, do you want me to share with you what I see you being good at or what I, what I notice? And she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I did. And it's, uh, she's very, you know, relational and very sort of nurturing. Like and, a mum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it's like you know, she's amazing with our pets. Like she even goes, you know, she, she times how long she pets them sometimes because that's not fair otherwise, you know. I'm not like that <laughs> no, but she's you know she's really kind and she's great with kids she's great you know those kind of things which are not valued in the school system mm. you know maybe it will be a comment at the end of the year or something but it's not a it's not seen as any as seen as being worthwhile um and that was a really lovely conversation and and then it made her think oh yeah oh yeah and I also like that and I also like that and then we just left it mm. um, it's like a, it's just a, a nice conversation but it's feeding back it's mirroring them isn't it and slowly getting them to think about those things and get them to see the good in themselves. Yeah, yes. So that they can start focusing on what's interesting yeah. for them. And when it comes to, so there's a lady called Tamara Stevens, who's a licensed psychological associate, and she has a sort of strategy. So she says, instead of feeling locked into making a lifelong choice, uh, the thing to do is to be looking at 
what the day-to-day tasks in certain jobs might be like. Mm, Because once you start picking apart a job, you'll have a much clearer understanding of whether it feels like something you'd like to do. Yeah. And um, so one of my daughters did say, oh, I quite love looking, looks great to be a barrister. So I took her along to, to one of our high courts and she watched a, a murder trial and I explained to her the difference between that type of a criminal barrister and a barrister that may focus on tax or yeah. whatever. And I said, that's just the tiny bit of their day. And here are the other things that they might be doing. Does that sound like something interesting? Mm. And you can start sort of picking apart the yeah. different things that people do, but you may not know. That's a really good advice because, but, you know, of course, there's always going to be things with jobs that you don't like and you prefer. But if the bulk of it sounds amazing, that's good. If the, But then if the bulk of it sounds actually not what you thought, then that's good to know. Yeah, rather than following down a track yeah. that doesn't. So it's just about sort of, I suppose, in a way, it's about putting them, you know, giving them and putting them into situations where they might see jobs. Mm. So any adults that you know, you know, what is what do you do? What mm. does your day look like? How yeah. does this feel? So that they can then start trying to picture it and not picture them being in that job, picture them, that type of work, is that type of work appealing? Yeah. So and that at the then same they can time, start yeah, narrowing yeah, it down it's brilliant. a bit. And encourage them to sort of really find out who they are, what, yeah. what makes them tick, because then it's all awful lot easier if you're in alignment with who you are then then it um then it's much clearer (laughs) yes and then the extracurriculars so i know that there's an element of picking extracurriculars so that they look good on the cv and um and i I, you know i'm not going to say that people are wrong to do that but i just think what a waste of life when you're your your teenager wants to try something Mm. and it you know there's another thing that might look better on the Mm. cv you're a long time alive. Why not? Why not encourage them to find, you know, follow the things that they find interesting? Yeah. You don't know whether that thing might be the thing that then sparks the joy mm. for them for the rest of their life. Yeah. So in a way, we have to trust our kids to go, yeah. OK, this is the thing that really matters to me. That's, I just let them follow yeah, it. That's a big part of unschooling, isn't it? Mm. A completely different tack. But, you know, let the kids, the kids know. You just have to give them the space to find out. Yeah. Yeah. And I've even contacted people on LinkedIn. I've uh, message them on Twitter and, you know, just little things. So I see someone on Twitter and I thought their performance was great or their book was great or anything. And I just say, I loved this. Thank you so much. And sometimes you get people back. That's so lovely. I don't do that. I no, just, maybe I and, it's, and, and people, <laughs> you know, we don't give enough feedback. We no, don't tell people often no. enough um, when we appreciate something yeah, and so you true. never know, because if you, you know, I'm telling my kids be more vocal, you see yeah. something good feedback to yeah. them and you may create a connection yeah. there that then, because it obviously resonated with you, yeah. well, you know, move yeah. down that line. <laughs> at the very least, you're sending out really good karma into the world. <laughs> exactly. Nothing wrong with that, hey? So, you know, to stop the stress when, when you're getting to those really important points where they've got to make decisions, have a plan A, have a plan B. Mm. Don't don't just stick with one thing. They The signs that they're suffering stress are headaches, poor sleep, changes in eating habits, always being tired, lacking energy or motivations. I'm seeing parents saying, oh, you know, my kid, they just can't be bothered to get out of bed. They're mm. not doing... And, and that's a sign that they're stressed and they're overwhelmed and they're feeling like Is they it? just oh. don't know yeah they just <laughs> you know if you've got to that point where they because yeah no it depends on what they're doing and whether they, if they need to be up and they're not they're yes. resisting um yeah well I, it's it's for example i was talking to a relation who said it's when they've left that sort of main school 
the, the, the problem start yeah. because you know she said that that going from school to university or whatever she said that was massive yeah. leap and that's where she found the real problem yeah, started because the structure's so, gone yeah it just keeps going guys yeah no the structure is gone <laughs> yes and so and and if they're finding it hard then they may just want to stay in bed because yeah. actually it's a nicer place to be. Yeah, or right. they just haven't looked at down the long picture. I actually asked my eldest who's going into his final school year, you know, and he's at a, at a college where this, the structure is very fluid, um, which he's, he's been good and bad. <laughs> um, and I said, well, you know, what sort of going into your final year, what sort of support would you like from me? You know, you're getting older, you'll be going away next year possibly. And uh, and he was like, well, um, I'm going away probably next year. So if you can do as much as possible this year, because I'm going to have to do it all myself next year. I wasn't quite expecting that. <laughs> I was thinking we could kind of... A little eat. bit of support. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't talking about I really want to slave. be independent. I want to do that myself. I went, no, can you just do it all? <laughs> That's classic. He's not going to get it all I done. love it. <laughs> classic. <laughs> so I think just summing it up, it's about uh, making your teenager feel more comfortable with uncertainty yeah. and making yourself feel more comfortable yes. with uncertainty. First step yourself. Yes. Uh, how? Why Why is it such a big deal for you that your kid, you know what your kid's going to do? Yeah. yeah. Um, and from fear of failure as well, that, yeah. you know, our kids are going to fail and that is part of life. And if they fail, they learn from that. They and, do. You know, it's important learning. So in our next episode, we'll tackle an anonymous question. How do you handle dress codes with your teenage daughter? Mm -hmm. Ooh, the fashion trends these days seem to be as naked as possible. Am I the only one that doesn't want my daughter to wear shirts the size of a bra and shorts that are so short they look like underwear? <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, what do you do about it? Also, Sarah has had to deal with a change in circumstances. A housing crisis where she lives has meant she's had to downsize and it's impacted her teens. We'll look at ways in which she can discuss it with them and, you know, just make it better. Yeah. I don't know if you can make it better, yeah, but it's really relevant. Right supporting now, them through that because I think the there's a cost of living crisis around the world. Yeah. So it's, it's going to come up. Yeah. yeah. That's it for now. Don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode review us so that other people can find us more easily tell your friends and send us any questions that you have we loved these ones thank you so much you can also reach Susie via her own website which is susieasleymindfulness.co.uk all the links are in the podcast notes until next time goodbye goodbye for now